Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining us. Look, we have a really great episode today covering a host of topics in this pop talk. I don't want to belabor getting to the fun that I had with the Of The Show gang because I have an audition to do. So, hey, such is the life of an actor. Oh, you didn't know I'm an actor? Well, then check out jasonfarisawesome.com. Read all about it. I'm also starting to do more videos online. I've committed myself to that. So follow me on Instagram at jasonfarpics and TikTok at jasonfartalks for silly videos or hire me for your projects or to do voiceover work. Reach out on jasonfarisawesome.com. Real site, no gimmicks. Let's just get right to it. Here's my chat with the Of The Show gang. We are ready to talk all that pop. (laughs) We are here with the Of The Show gang. Starting off, we've got best friend of the show, Rob. Pop, pop! (laughs) Rob stole my thing. (laughs) I had it it actually queued up to to play the video, and then I realized I'll just have that enhanced version. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, brother of the show, Trey. Of the show, gang, have come to play. Coast to coast, and there's one thing left to say. I hate myself for popping you. <laughs> and girlfriend of the show, Justina. Hello. Thank you for having me. Okay. I don't have anything. I never have anything funny and cute and, and good. We've been waiting all day for Sunday night. <laughs> you could always uh, do the go-to Prince reference and sing Pop Life. Oh yeah, that one. Okay. <laughs> one of my all-time favorite oh, Prince songs. Yeah. Yes, that one. I'm losing the pop talk already. <laughs> not a well, this isn't so much a debate show. This is not your first take. This is not first things first. We don't Jason. have to debate. Jason. <laughs> <You're wrong. laughs> the unmitigated gall. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) We're going to start the show off with an entertainment news segment, starting with the news that just came down a couple days ago. Community is getting a movie. Pop, pop. (laughs) On Peacock. (laughs) Six seasons in a movie actually coming to pass. And it looks like a lot of the original cast members are going to be joining. So that's exciting. That's cool. Yeah. Here's something not as cool. Trevor Noah announced on the seventh anniversary of his taking over The Daily Show that he will be leaving the series, the show. There is no time frame exactly. He just mentioned that his time is up. It's time for him to move on. And a big shakeup in the late night world. I mean, we just heard about how James Corden is leaving Late Late Show and Sam B., her show was canceled. Conan ended his show. Uh, Desus and Mero, their show ended acrimoniously and surprisingly. So a lot of things are ending, but we still got Amber Ruffin and, of course, Late Show, Tonight Show, and Late Night. And we also have Z-Way on Showtime. 
But here's the thing that some people are pointing out. Not only is this a big loss for The Daily Show, but when you think about late night television, it's a loss because there aren't many people of color in these roles. I mentioned Z-Way and Amber Ruffin, but Amber Ruffin's show is not on most every week. Same with Z-Way's show, not on most every week. Daily Show is on most every week. And it's a, you know, it's a daily show. And that means out of all of the hosts, late night talk show hosts who have a most, most of the time they are on the air, uh, there's only one person of color and that person is leaving. So it begs the question, if that's even the proper use of the term, who will take over? Now there was a New York Times post, so take it with a grain of salt, that Roy Wood Jr., one of the correspondents and probably most popular correspondent on the show next to Jordan Klepper is being eyed for the role. Who do you think should take over? We'll start with you, Trey. Hard for me to gauge because for one thing, Comedy Central is failing on original content. So it'll be interesting to see if they even keep this brand going mm. or if they end the show with Trevor Noah. But beyond that, I mean, there are just so many comics out there those that we've heard of and those that we haven't. Because you look at Trevor Noah getting the job. Those of us in America didn't know anything about him. I didn't. And same thing with James Corden over at CBS. So how many of those types of folks are there mm. that would be great that I haven't heard of? And then even the folks who I have heard of, I don't know, there are just so many of them. I know people online have speculated or have named Jordan Klepper and Samantha B as folks they would like to see take over. But beyond kind of repeating those two names that I've read, I don't really have one, unfortunately. Yeah, I get that. Um, Jordan Klepper, to me, is kind of the most logical one because he still appears on the show regularly. And when Trevor Noah got on, I mean, you mentioned that people didn't really know him here. Maybe in the general public, he wasn't necessarily known, but he had been a correspondent for a year or so when he got that gig. So he... He was known by the Daily Show audience, and that's kind of what's most important, is that the Daily Show audience know them. And Jordan Klepper is very well known by the Daily Show audience, as well as Samantha Bee, and she doesn't have a show right now. So those two do make sense. I also would like if Roy Wood Jr. got it. However, I feel like he's sort of the Lewis Black of this iteration of the Daily Show, and that role is very much like an Andy Rooney type of figure on that show. It's not really the lead anchor type of performance. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying that's not what he's been billed as or, or kind of pushing towards. So I don't know. Maybe it could work out. But yeah, Jordan Klepper, Samantha B, they're going to be right for the role because they've been involved with it so much. Rob, what do you think? It's so easy, guys. Carson Daly. I mean, why? I mean, why? It's been in their face the whole time. He's been on television our whole life, and it just makes the most sense. No, um, no, I think yeah, you're suggesting all the other like it's not like that out of the wall, but I don't know if he would do it. Would be, and it would be ironic because he'd be coming back. Would be Michael Che. Mm. I yeah. mean, and, and I mean, it's kind of silly because he does Weekend Update, but he started on the Daily Show, and they had that great yeah. bit because he hadn't been on the Daily Show that long when he got Saturday Night Live, and like. Right. You know, John had that great bit with him. So, I mean, I don't, mm -hmm. I, you know, that one would be kind of good. You maybe know, Jabuki, also a good. Maybe bringing back Wyatt Snack. I don't know. Like, Wyatt would yeah. be interesting, you know? Yeah. Um, But, I, you know, I mean, like you said, there's lots of people out there we don't know. 
but yeah, I mean, Roy kind of makes the most sense to me. Jordan's, I don't know, like, I think Jordan's better in the field. So I would rather see yeah. him yeah. this thing. You know, I'd rather see him. I really, I, we did really like him on, yeah. uh, we saw the, the opposition record a few times and we really yeah. liked that. But his, his like remote bits like in the field are just yeah. so yeah. good. He's so it's good with people. so good at it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I would rather see that. Did mm. I, yeah. I mean, and Samantha B would be nice to have her come back too. Um, but I, yeah, I, you know, for, I do, I do think you know Roy would be good, but I do think that it would probably, be, I think Michael would just be better. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, but I don't know if he would want to do it. He's got his other show, and like he's got right. SNL, and it's probably a pretty lucrative deal for him. So yeah. it might, it'd be a hell of a lot more work. <laughs> so <laughs> Which I, I don't know if he would necessarily want to do that. Like, <laughs> right, <yeah>. right. <laughs> That's a good point. Justina, what do you think? So I don't really know enough about people to know like who would be next mm -hmm. but i will say like when john stewart left i was of the mind that the daily show should end you know <laughs> and you know i i have loved the daily show with trevor noah and i'm glad that it continued with him but i'm feeling that same feeling i felt seven years ago i'm like well it's just over you know what i mean like i just mm -hmm. like can't you mm -hmm. imagine an another person but um I'm sure they can find somebody great, but that is interesting what Trey said. Like, I could also see them just like saying like, it, it is over, like Comedy Central, you know, cutting back on their original programming like they are. But um, I don't like the idea of them cutting back on that. So, so I'm not in favor yeah. of that decision. But I agree. That's what they do. That's, you know, what they do. Yeah. Or they could have one of the Paw Patrol dogs hosted. <laughs> so true. My, I would put it on Marshall, but I don't know. <laughs> Dad <Yeah>. joke. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now we're on to our next segment, which is what you're watching. Very simple question. Is it a movie? Is it a show? Hey, if it's a YouTube channel, uh, share it. Why don't we start with you, Rob? What you watching? A show that I've been enjoying lately um, is uh, American Gigolo. I really like it. I really, really, yes. really like it. Um, uh, I love John Barenthal. And like he's had an amazing year. From being in the Sopranos movie to, I mean, we own this. I didn't think he could get better than we own the city. And I don't know if it's like better than we own the city, but like it's so different. And he's so different in the show because like it starts off with like, well, as I say, it starts off with like Rosie and, and, and Rosie O'Donnell's in it too. And she's fantastic in it too. But it starts off with um, her trying to get him to confess to a, to a crime. And he breaks down and it's just hysterical. And he's nothing like the Punisher. There's like, he's not an alpha male in it, even though he's like this gigolo, even in prison, he's just not this alpha male. Like he's very different. And like, it's a really, it's really interesting. It's obviously a little bit of a mystery and like what happened with him, but um, it, you know, varies from the movie, but it's, it's just, it's really, and it's sad. It's really sad, but I, I really think he's really interesting in it. And I, I've really been enjoying it so far. It's okay. not for the faint. It's not for the faint of heart, though. <laughs> like I will really? say, there is a lot of sex in it, and it's not okay. for the faint of heart. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I have been watching and loving She-Hulk. Uh, that's been a lot of fun. I think Tethia Maslany is really great in the role, and uh, I'm glad that she's got a moment like this. I know she was an orphan black, but I mean, when you get in the MCU, that's a pretty big deal, especially mm -hmm. in this character. 
Speaking of in the MCU, friend of the show, Dave Pasquese has a really killer, <laughs> not more in a cameo. It's in one episode of the show and he was awesome in it. In yeah. She-Hulk. Oh, yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. He was great on there. But yeah, I, I think that show is great. Quantum Leap, I did start watching that, but I'm sure Trey has something to share about that. So I'll let you go ahead, Trey. What you watching? Well, I'll start off in second She-Hulk. Uh, I'm, I'm really loving that. I enjoy the sitcom vibe. While it's also still developing the main character and grounding her in relatable issues, uh, like the feelings of inadequacy and wanting to be popular, but popular for yourself. Like mm-hmm. when she was, uh, when she, when her exes were on trial mm-hmm. uh, and, and they were just basically talking bad about Jen, but talking up She-Hulk, it's like you feel what Jen's feeling. Um, and then uh, the monologue that she had in group therapy that was like, if you don't, if you didn't feel anything for that, then I don't know if you've got a heart, but I actually have a friend who like, didn't think anything. He doesn't like the show. He's just watching because his wife's watching and didn't think anything of that monologue. But I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> what does he, does he watch any other MCU stuff? Oh, he loves all the MCU stuff. Like we watch, he's one of the friends, he and his wife, I go to like all the MCU movies with, hmm. and we watch some stuff That's together. So it's just this one he didn't like. That's strange. Uh, I, if you, if there's only one to not like, it's not this one. Objectively, it's better than two of the MCU shows that have been on. But whatever. Yeah. And I, I also like that it fits into and, and is potentially going to impact the larger MCU. And it kind of does the world building of showing kind of everyday life of what people are living. My only drawback with it, and this is not specific to She-Hulk, is any kind of sitcom with a lead female that's a very attractive woman, but they want her to be relatable. And so they have her like people, you know, kind of the loser that nobody likes. It's like, come on, Tatiana Maslany's very attractive. Jen is awesome. You're not going to convince me that nobody would bite on her dating app. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but anyway, that's she, the only she, thing. She is Canadian though. So uh, <laughs> that's true. Quantum Leap, uh, Jason's right. I've got thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I like Wait. the lead. I like the actors overall. I think it was smart to differentiate the new show from the original by showing some more of the team in the present day. But I think they're still struggling to find balance. There is a change in showrunners. And, and during that change, there's also the decision to make the original pilot they shot into the sixth episode. So that they're still trying to figure it out. The show is still kind of wonky. It's probably going to take at least six, seven episodes to really figure it out. Uh, they haven't made me bail yet, so I'm okay with trying to figure it out, but I'm not sold on the central mystery because it doesn't make internal sense to me why people would act the way they did. They act the way they did because the script needs a mystery. They, they didn't act that way because it makes sense for them to not, like Ben... Ben leaps before the project's ready for some mysterious reason, but he doesn't leave any breadcrumbs. Why? It makes no sense. <laughs> Why would you just and, jump and, and do it? Right. And the and way Al's they set daughter, it up is not like they make it. It's not like it was an emergency situation where he just had to do it right that second. Like they, they set uh, they it up in such a that. way. Something, they well, did, but then he had like a video that he was sending his fiance. So like, yeah, which he should have know, explained everything. Like there's still, right, I think, right. a ticking clock as to why he had to do it. And it has to do with whatever this time period he's trying to hit uh, is. Uh, and there is, you know, Al's daughter, Janet, saw, sent this text that said, you've got to do it now. The window's closing. So there is whatever that means. That was the reason why he did it. 
but there should have been an explanation sent to his fiance instead of just leaving it open and everyone thinking this man is uh, somehow compromised. It's like, and, come on. And does he have, I haven't seen it yet. Does he have amnesia too? He does. Yeah, he so that's the other convenience. Memory. So he yeah. doesn't remember why he didn't tell anybody or what it is that made him do it. Whereas with Sam, like Quantum Leap had the perfect explanation. The government was about to pull its funding. So he had to prove it worked, even though it wasn't ready. So he steps. But mm-hmm. Ben, they needed to have a different reason, but they just didn't really set up the internal justifications, right? And, and the daughter, Al's daughter, Janice, is just acting like a mustache twirling villain for no reason other than <laughs> they need a mystery. Mm. Um, and just one quick other thing is I watched the Law & Order first ever crossover and liked it. And mm-hmm. like uh, McCad Brooks added to the original. Uh, Jason and I talked a little about this in the email, but I, I like him on the show and like him match with Jeffrey Donovan. Jeffrey Donovan's character has gotten more uh, I didn't, I didn't, development. I, I didn't realize Jeffrey Donovan was on there until I was like looking up about the crossover because I was trying to figure out like because I haven't looked at like what's um, um Christopher Maloney's show what's his organized crime. crime yeah yeah because I wanted to see and then they were like it's a great reason why he came back and stuff and so I was looking into that and then I saw Jeffrey Donovan was on there and I was like oh man maybe I should watch because I love Jeffrey Donovan so much yeah yeah I liked him last season but they gave him more character development in the crossover yeah. in the second episode so it makes it even better and made it easier to to mesh Brooks with him better than Anthony mm. Anderson me- meshed with him. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah, I still have not watched the crossover, but I kind of want to because I do like Law and Order. Um, I will mention The Bear is a show we've been watching. I'm, yes. I assume you're going to mention this, Justina. So, what you watching? <laughs> the Bear. Well, I mean, we just finished it and it was so good. Very good. Um, speaking of John Bernthal, uh, and it was, I mean, I so, it was good. so good. It's so it was good. So good. It was so good. I've rewatched the end a couple of times because it's it so let it emotions. rip, bro. Yeah. Oh, oh so man. Good. I know. Great show. I really want to know the faces on the wall because they have a bunch of what looks yeah. to be Chicago impro. Every time I see a face and the pictures on the wall look like Chicago improvisers. Yes. And I want Vulture or somebody to do something of showing yeah. us who all the faces are. Yeah, Justin, John Barenthal is in there too. And like, he's like not in it very long, but it's so good. And like, Poignant, yeah, it's so, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great show and a great cast. I didn't, you know, I never really watched Shameless. I don't really like a lot of Showtime shows, which is ironic because I recommended one. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, what's the main actor's name? Because Jeremy Allen White. Yeah. So I knew him from Shameless and I was like, eh, like that show just never appealed to me. And I, he's so good as Carmine. He's so yeah. good. He's so good. It's a great cast. The yeah, I, I don't know everybody's like the obviously the the female lead. She's amazing. And then um, mm-hmm. the guy who plays the the chef or he's becoming the pastry chef. He's yeah. so good. loved him. Yeah, I yeah. loved him. And yeah, and then obviously um, Eben uh, was pretty. You know, as yeah, as Richie. He's so good. He was so, and that was ironic because it was like, oh, a little bit of a Punisher crossover there. <laughs> yeah, so, being yeah. being John Barenthal's best friend. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you have anything else you're going to mention? Or I have a question. Is it Barenthal? I thought it was Bert. It's like Bernthal. Is it Barenthal? I don't know. I it's don't know. I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's Barenstein. No, no it's Barenstein. Um, it's Barenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. But as far as stuff, I'm watching just the bear and then A League of Their Own. 
Oh, yeah, we watched I forgot that. about that. I There's think so it much started stuff. strong. There is so much stuff. stuff. I think yeah. um, Legion guys- Own has a very charming cast. The show started very strong. I feel like the last couple episodes, it sort of waned a little bit, but it feels mm. like it's about to ramp back up with some of the it- story stuff. Have you watched? Have you guys watched any of Andor yet? I haven't watched a second. No, but I hear no, it's good. They, they, I think for me, Andor, I knew it was coming, but something about their marketing didn't make me fully aware of when. And so mm. it was all of a sudden I saw that they dropped the first three episodes. Yeah, and and so the fact that it was three at once, and I found out after the fact, and I was still balancing other stuff, it just made it tough to try to catch up. But I'm looking mm. forward to it. I want to watch it. Hmm. Yeah, because I think Tony Gilroy did it, right? It's his show. Yeah, it's Tony Gilroy. Okay. Another thing we've watched, the SNL premiere, which happened the other night. And, you know, I'm curious what everyone's thoughts are on it. But also, Lauren keeps talking in interviews about how this is a rebuilding era. And uh, technically it is. They lost like what, seven, eight people last year, maybe even more with the uh, losing uh, Moffat and Villa Senor right before the season started. And but Chris Redd. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and Chris Red. I mean, yeah. they lost a lot of people, but they had like a million people on this on the show because of that. Because of who's left, it just seems like this has to be the strongest position he's ever been in in a rebuilding era. Just because there are a lot of greats who can be the big shoulders and tent poles of of the cast. I will point out Cecily Strong not mentioned in the opening credits, and she was not in the episode. It's only because she is out in L.A. doing a one-woman show. She is still on the show. She'll be back after the 23rd of October. So she is still there, and Keenan is still there, and obviously Mm -hmm. they're going to be big shoulders for the show. I think Cecily's still stuck on top of that Verizon sign with Adam Scott. With Adam Scott, (laughs) yeah. And no one let him down. No one let him down. Justine, what did you think of, uh, I know you missed maybe the last couple of sketches, but what did you think of the first episode of the season? Of course, I thought Miles Teller was like amazing as a host. Yeah, I, I just didn't expect that much of him. And I don't know why, but he was like such a good actor. Yeah. And, um, you know, his the impression of the Peyton. Um, Peyton. Yeah, that it was so Peyton good. Anning bit was great. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a great sketch well, overall. Was a solid, that was a solid mm-hmm. sketch. Yeah. yeah. Really interesting. And well, um, yeah. I love to see Bo and Yang doing so well. Mm-hmm. I feel like he is the next Tina Fey, Kate McKenna, you mm-hmm. know, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and they use him like that. Like, like well, he's we'll a, that question in a minute. So yeah. sorry. So sorry. <laughs> um, it is. It was a good episode. I thought that had solid sketches. And what can I say? Uh, great way to start this. The, the one of the new cast members is like really beautiful. Michael Longfellow. He's like a doll. He looks like a China doll. <laughs> and he also crushed during the weekend update. Yeah. yeah uh, he had a very good moment. There. Just like take a minute and talk about his face. Easy. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a really fun episode, a really solid one. Like I said, there are so many good people who are still there that they can utilize as big shoes. I mentioned Keenan and Cecily, but also Mikey Day, always consistent mm-hmm. with the after the monologue sketches. Ego and Heidi and Bowen will, are going to be there, probably will be stepping up into uh, more of being the big shoulders and the veteran cast members that they are. I think Chloe Feynman is also going to be stepping up because mm-hmm. they sit out Heidi and Ego for interviews to promote this new season, but they also sent Chloe out on The Tonight Show, I believe, for Mm -hmm. the same purpose. So I think they are looking to her. Obviously, J. 
James Austin Johnson has been clutch since the moment he got there <laughs> because he's playing uh, the former president and the current president. And uh, Sarah Sherman, I think they 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 started using her more and more, even though she was a center for a season last year, and she's really great. I really adore her. You know, they have a lot of really great people who can be the solid up-and-comers or the veterans who are the big shoes. I think we're going to see a lot of that in this era. Uh, Trey, what were your thoughts? So I echo most of what you said. I, I actually, so I was in the kitchen baking a d- dessert during the cold open. Mm. And so that might, because of the distance from the TV, maybe it, it was part of the reason why it took me until the end to realize that that was Miles Teller as Peyton Manning. I was like, who the <laughs> hell is this? Like there's yes. a moment where I wondered what, if the yes. real Peyton. Oh, wait, Rob, came, Rob so, something's going on. What, Rob? I want to know what you were baking. So I, I don't know how you a, could just be like, I, I was making dessert, like didn't. I was like, a bread tell thing. Us. It was a, okay. like one of those meal kit. Oh, it was a meal kit. I thought you were like, yeah. I mean, I thought you like have the apron and everything going. Like you were like, that's oh, I was wearing the apron. apron. You're making a souffle. <laughs> yeah, You're like Shaq's grandmother and steel making souffle. Oh no, oh, it was, gosh, it was kind of like, I never saw that movie. <laughs> Neither did anyone else. But I definitely had the apron on and I was whisking. But anyway, I thought that the real, for a moment, I thought the real Peyton Manning showed up. <laughs> because I that's how dead on It sounded like him, yeah. Yeah, and even the facial expressions, he nailed he it. Nailed yeah. it. And so then, he nailed it. Yeah, but when I realized it wasn't Peyton, I just didn't assume that they would use Miles in the cold open. So I yeah. was like, I don't remember what the new cast members look like, but who's this new cast member? <laughs> doing it? But it was great. Right now. Yeah. And, and I also thought that it was really smart to to break up how they do their cold opens like i don't know exactly when it is that their cold opens always turned into political sketches mm-hmm. it didn't used to be that way right but, you know to lampoon that in a way that was also still making it fresh and doing something completely new i think i think that in a sense kind of ushers in what this new era could be is the yeah. fact that they took this sort of approach I thought it was so funny that you say that because I didn't even see it as a political sketch because of how they presented it. Right. It it really (laughs) wasn't. It was lampooning it, but it wasn't itself a political sketch. Um, So that kind of looseness, I think, helped show what this can be with this new era. And I always, I'm one who pays attention to when a show switches up the opening credits. So I kind of liked this new style of opening Mm -hmm. credits. I actually did think for a minute that Cecily had left and that it, she was part of the announced <laughs> departures. Yeah, they, because they lost like, oh, so many yeah. people, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but they also had a local commercial. I live in LA. They had a local commercial for a one-woman show, so I kind of knew about that separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that was kind of a little negative for me, and it's it's more of a nitpick, was during the weekend update sketch with our segment with that bug and the crop. I I enjoyed it because it felt like a Maury Covid show type thing uh-huh. where you have the you don't know me like it felt like that sort of thing yeah, that felt authentic to it it just went a little long i thought bowen was as always funny in that uh mm-hmm. and i thought it was also funny in that cold open yeah. when they even said what i thought and what i wrote in my notes preparing for this episode before i even saw that that uh they are looking to bowen to step up the season i was like well yeah that's a, that's literally what i wrote in my notes uh rob mm-hmm. what did you think yeah i thought yeah i, I thought that was kind of funny too because i kind of had the same thought too i was like trying to go through the cast thinking 
who would probably be the one to, to really pick it up, especially like that Kate McKenna kind of era mm-hmm. of character. And I was like, I think Bowen has the ability. Like Mikey's so good and he's kind of a, he's a Swiss army kind of performer. So mm-hmm. I was like, I was sad that Moffat was gone, but like, I'm like, but Mikey kind of can do a lot what Moffat can do too. Um, my, well, obviously my favorite thing Moffat did was always the, 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 the yacht guy or the guy who's yeah, just about yeah. a boat. Yeah, like, that yeah. was always my, my favorite. I've got a small penis. Um, and <laughs> I just, I love, uh, yeah, but, um, I, I kind of figured like Mikey kind of handles that. And then, um, who was Eli? Andrew Dismukes. No, yeah, Andrew, Andrew. Yeah. Like he's really, I don't even know his name, but he's really, he's it, so it really funny. feels like they're using him a lot more too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really like that yeah. kid. He's, yeah, yeah he's, he and, picked it up a lot last season. I really, I quickly. really, I really like this skit about um, uh, how you're going to respond to the DM. And I <laughs> that thought was great. Bowen, that was, was, great Bowen was really great playing a version of himself in that skit. Yeah. And I really, and so that on top of him trying too hard in the opening skit, which was really funny. Um, I really, I really liked it. The only, cause my, you know, Bowen kind of started off rough for me because I hated his impression of Andrew Yang. I didn't, yeah. I just, I just did not like his angle for it. And but he's really stepped up and he's funny, but man, he was so funny. Um, like in that DM one, just because that I mean, it yeah. was just a funny idea that he had like earned billions of dollars. Holy <laughs> moly, but yeah. Dual Lipa took him down, and like, and yeah. and also, can I just get like a whole show of of Keenan doing Neil deGrasse Tyson? <laughs> was so funny. Like, <laughs> that I, should just I, be a sick his <laughs> they, they canceled is, a sitcom. They yeah. should just make his sitcom. Him, um, him doing just doing Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson. The show. other thing, yeah. yeah. The other thing I appreciated about how Bowen went down in that sketch was my expectation was that the reason why Bowen won all the money was because he was always responding to a woman. Yeah. So I thought if they had him respond to a man, yeah, then all of a sudden he would go down. So I'm glad that they still found a way to. <laughs> Make it still a woman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought that's how they were going to go too, and I kind of I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it was better than I expected, and so I think it'll be good. I, I think Chloe could be good. The only thing about Chloe, is she looks so pretty. It almost looks like she was built in a factory. Her face, like, <laughs> it's like, it's like I don't. She almost looks. She looks like like almost like perfect features, mm-hmm. and so it's a little like okay, like so. But I could, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that plus her youth. Uh, yeah. was always mm-hmm. something that threw me off. And, and, and this yeah. is a weird way to sound like it's a compliment, but I, I mean it as a compliment. But it was almost like so pretty and young that it was off putting. Yeah. <laughs> Why do women in comedy have to be ugly? Good question. <laughs> we just got canceled, Rob. We just got wow. We just got canceled. Just I was giving her. What, do, what are you trying to say about the women who were previously on SNL? Uh, I mean, Cecily Strong's not pretty. Is that what you're saying? I mean, you know. no, this is <laughs> this is all a paranoid reading. We have more show to give, but you actually <laughs> referenced there for a second the Kate McKinnon era. That is the era that we are coming out of. Um, yeah. Regardless of how many great people are on a cast, it does end up kind of coming down to, well, this is the Kate McKinnon era or this is the Will Ferrell era. So what is the era we are going into? And to me, it's anybody's almost. Um, it could be that I, I kind of feel like Ego and Heidi are so great together that maybe it could be the Ego Heidi era. Um, but I also could see it being the, the Bowen era or the I, Chloe era. She's she's kind of 
a possibility here and um, eventually maybe even a Sarah Sherman error just because I think she's so great. Uh, but, and she's ugly enough to be funny. Right. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay, she's actually beautiful. So that's a hard really one. Matter, honestly. Um, <laughs> but um, saying her features are very like. It's distracting. Whatever. I it get it. Distracting. Like you're watching a show yeah. and you're just like caught up in someone's beauty. Yeah. No, I get it. I get the same way when I see Ryan Reynolds. So there are a ton of people who are obviously really great on the show. Those are my guesses uh, as a possibility. If I had to land on one, I would maybe the Bowen era. Maybe yeah. maybe we're going into the Bowen era. Uh, what do you think, Trey? I think I actually think we're past naming one cast member for the mm -hmm. era. I think even the Kate McKinnon so-called era, it was such a deep bench. That yeah, but so was the Will Ferrell years. Jimmy Fallon, well, Tina Bay, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, Tracy Morgan. I mean, yes, deep bench. Very apropos to right I now. Would, but I would say that the Will Will Ferrell was used differently, similar to Kristen Wiig, used in a way that you they were pushing, for lack of a better word, that particular star a little bit more because those particular sketches were blowing up a little bit more. That they sort did that with Kate McKinnon. I don't think they were pushing her the same way. I think she, while she definitely was the deserving Emmy-nominated winning and winning star, and a lot of her sketches were popular, I think there is a little more ensemble they're obviously all ensemble years because the show's an ensemble, but I think it was a little less of this person on the pedestal with mm. Kate than it was with Will. Yeah, but it was still the Kate McKinnon era. Justina, what? who do you think? <laughs> um, I, I actually think Trey makes a good point about like there not being any one person. That said, like I, I stand by Bowen Yang is going to like be like um, a force uh, and I would love to see more Sarah Sherman. She is so funny. I just know that she could like destroy on that show. She she's had very, very good moments, but like just like having seen her live now, I'm like, oh, she's got a lot going for her. I can't wait to see her shine. And I would love to see James Austin Johnson just, you know, <laughs> continue to skyrocket on that show. I think so he's good. so funny. And like really his impressions is. are like also he's just like a funny actor to me. Like in the stuff that he's just, you know, sidelines. I've said it before, probably on a really podcast. Like, great. I think he's just so funny. He's an all-time great, yeah. Artist, as far as his skill set, yeah, and how he uses it, yes, he is, and how ready he is. Yeah, he's I, ready to go. The only thing was, I don't know if I liked his Army Hammer. I mean, it was good, but that is a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I forgot right. about that. Yeah, because yeah, I, I didn't mind know. his Army Hammer. Uh, I, that Adam Levine impression was non-existent. Oh, yeah, that was, was like, nice. It was almost like, yeah. I'm going to just try not to do an Adam Levine. Maybe, so it maybe that's what Mikey Darmy was going Hammer for. stand up for me. Because, um, like, Mikey's so good at, like, I love his 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 Donald Trump Jr. So, like, yeah. but, yeah. No, Mikey's better. I think I always think Mikey's better at just playing, like, I don't, like, a utility type of player. And yeah, yeah, like, like the like, every guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There probably wasn't anybody on the cast who had an Adam Levine, so it was just like, "Hey, yeah, with Army Knife, come do this." Yeah, that's what I kind of figured too. So, <laughs> yeah. he was funny with it. I just think, <laughs> but it's hard because, like, it's like, because then you go three down and you've got you've got Keenan doing Neil deGrasse Tyson, and so <laughs> right, so good. So and funny. Miles Teller when he did Peyton Manning was so good. Yeah, so yeah. Well, who do you think this era will be? named after if it is 
I, you know, I, I mean, I still, it's probably Bowen. I, if he, if he can take it, but I mean, I don't know, like it might be a little bit of time until, you know, it's, it's hard. Cause it's like, Will Ferrell was like, he's, you know, like Will Ferrell and Dana Carvey and some of those people are just like, it's just like flashes of brilliance. And like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, and it so can like take how, a couple of years. Yeah. And, it takes, it yeah. takes some time. And so, I mean, well, I think Will Ferrell had it from the second he stepped on stage, but you know what I mean? No, he didn't. He, I mean, I mean, he had the brilliance. I just mean, he yeah. it wasn't his era really. It was when he started, it was a rebuilding era and it was two, maybe even three seasons before he started he, doing Bush. Did he not get, get off the shed on the first, first episode though? He, yeah. He auditioned actually with, with get off the shed. I'm okay. just saying, yeah, I'm just saying like, I'm talking about cast, the brilliance of him. Oh, the brilliance about, yeah. was there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just yeah, don't yeah, know. Yeah. I think they were in such a new era of the show. That was a true rebuilding. But era it's weird. It's weird too. Cause you're comparing like someone who had like lots of characters. Like he had like, yeah, you know, like dog show to the cheerleaders and everything else, the Spartans. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, it's like, how do you, and then like Night at the Roxbury and Salt. Like, yeah, there's actually like, maybe he had uh, because of Night of the Roxbury's and Dog Show, uh, but yeah. cheerleaders especially. Those were so big in the late '90s before yeah. he was Bush that he and Sherry O'Terry yeah. were like already the He'd, famous. And that was more of the era era where it was about having like these characters, characters that were re- yeah. you know the repeating characters, and they don't really have that anymore. Yeah. So I mean, besides, it's harder like, for someone to stand yeah, out. Yeah, unless they have like the re- you know like Cecily does like you know. They do the reoccurring characters on weekend updates. Pretty right. much mm-hmm. the only ones we they really do nowadays. Yeah, so, Pete Davidson had Chad, but mm-hmm. uh, what and, and himself? Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually, and I don't. I, so I like Pete Davidson, but I was actually fine with him leaving because the last two seasons, I felt like so many of his sketches were just referencing his personal life that was in the news, and it yeah. got to be to me too much of a distraction from the show except for except for when he did the uh newsmax sportsmax and he was the jets fan with timothy chalamet and then they also did the ski that was great no i mean that's what was great he had his moments that's why i'm saying i don't dislike him yeah i know i just i want him to do a comedy with timothy chalamet because those two were really they were good together together. yeah (laughs) pete davidson's not known for his impressions but he actually did a good cuomo he did it. Yeah, he did. Surprised. He stepped up for that. A lot of other things. He yeah. Did, uh, yeah. <laughs> did not try. Me. <laughs> <You> try. <laughs> yeah. Just like I am. Yeah. yeah. But I like him. I think he's funny. Well, that's SNL. Now let's talk about speaking of Vulture. I mentioned how Vulture needs to do something about the bear. What they need to do is redo this sequels list that they rank. They this did. Is infuriating. This is a, an infuriating list. This is like a Watch Mojo list. It's so weird. Oh, no, no. My Watch Mojo would have been better. I mean, and I hate Watch Mojo. This is a pretty bad list. This is like the person who like can't work at Blockbuster because that doesn't exist anymore list. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, actually, this Olive Tree one is one of the best sequels. It's like, I consider myself a pretty big cinephile. And then some of those movies, I'm like, what? Like, and then, yeah. and then and it was like, and it's that high? So like, yeah, okay. What? Well, let's get. Yeah. Let me just yeah. uh, explain to the audience what it is. Vulture ranked 102 sequels, and I guess they're saying this is the 102 best sequels. Yeah. And I put it in the newsletter last week. It's kind of for fun. It's like, hey, here's something for people to check out because I checked it out, and um, it's a bad list. 
Uh, I do like that they put Snoopy Come Home in it, but the list is whacked. I have way more problems with it. And it's probably, is it even a sequel? Is it? Is it? (laughs) Is it really a sequel? I doubt it. But I'm just glad that Snoopy got mentioned. So let's bring this up in the halves to talk about how bad it is. We're going to talk about the worst offenses of the bottom 52. 102 to 51. Justina, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so I am not very organized. I mean, I did. I'm, I'm I didn't a, either. <laughs> you know, like my my fury stems from that those that that are included, those are not that are not included, mm. you know, in the list as a whole. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the sequence of the list is also like absurd. So out of whack, yeah. So um can I talk about the things that like I can't believe they're not in there? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Like, why does this list exist and Sing 2 is not on this list? Hmm. It's one of the greatest sequels of any, you know, you know, of all time. Like, <laughs> it's just a, a very, very crazy, crazy thing. Uh, along the same lines, Toy Story 3 is on the list. But Great. not Toy Story 2. Yeah. <laughs> Toy Story 3 should be in the list. John Wick, John Wick 3 is on the list and not John Wick 2. And like Wick. John Wick 3, I think I, I think those movies get worse as they go on. <laughs> like 2 is worse than 1, 3 is worse than 2. Yeah. And they only yeah. put 3 on the list. It's like, if it's on the list, it should be 102. And they put Matrix Reloaded on there. Like, yes. Oh my God, uh, I couldn't believe that. There's no yeah. Matrix sequel should be on the list. No. Nope. Um, uh, what else do you have that's uh, not on the list? Dolphins, but should be on the list is um, Return of the King is better than Two Towers. Sorry about it. And Two Towers <laughs> is great. I really love it, but like, okay. And then also yeah. Wrath of Khan is not on the list. So, like, oh, oh, good Justina. call. Yeah. It's just good like, call. It, oh, it's shit. If you're worried like, about winning this thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's not Two Towers? The, the, the reason I, I caught that, you know, like, is I saw another Star Trek one, and I was like, okay, well, this one's here, so let me find where Wrath of Khan is on the list. And I was like, it's not on here. This is crazy. And so... Well, they have um, one Star Trek movie, and yeah. it's uh, a Next Generation one. Yes. <laughs> it's, it is the best of the Next Generation movies. <laughs> it is. But... <laughs> but we all know that the best Star Trek movie of all time is Wrath of Khan. And as Rob and I said once before, the only one that can... Uh, Quarrel with Wrath of Khan is the Undiscovered Country, which also should be on this list. It yeah. should absolutely be on the list and not. Ugh. So, yeah, I guess that's my whole thing. And then also, like, just weird stuff. Like, they put Casino Royale on here because, like, every Bond movie is a sequel. Like, okay, <laughs> stop. That, and I've got, you know? I've, got com- I've got comments on that, too. So, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think those are my greatest, my most egregious or the most egregious, uh, like, Things that were left out that I that I noted, but I'm I know that this ridiculous list also left out some other good stuff. So yeah. interested to hear what other people thought. Yeah. So Rob, you said you had some thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So I did mine in three categories. With I'm glad they mentioned these movies category. I have my top ten, my personal, and then I have my what, and that doesn't include any <laughs> of the foreign films because honestly, I think besides like the one that's like the color series, I think I've seen that. I have not seen a lot of those movies and obviously there's a lot of like, you know, like some of the older, like classic Abbott and Costello stuff. I mean, that's, you know, I guess like, but I don't know, like that. I don't view those as necessarily like sequels, my definition of a sequel, but so the things that I just found like egregious, egregious, Mm. let me say this first. I love Steven Soderbergh. 
I love him. He's one of my favorite directors. I think my favorite Steven Soderbergh film is Behind the Candelabra. I love it. it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I will will talk about it any day of the week. I fucking love that movie. And Mm -hmm. every time I watch Ant-Man, when I hear my when I hear Michael Douglas say, yeah, it's just. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, but Magic, I know I know he didn't direct this film, but Magic Mike XXL. Well, that's top 50, but yeah. No, okay, so yeah, I'm saying, so that's why I didn't bring mine. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about the how egregious that is in a minute. Um. Okay, because I, well, I don't know where some of these fall. I didn't, like I said, I didn't categorize in that way. Yeah, I didn't so, do it that yeah. either. Sorry, I didn't do my homework. Sorry, but, um, but okay, Demon Knight? Demon Knight. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. That is not a sequel. That is not a sequel. Yeah, just because it it's the, the movie a, a of a film show. series they tried to make happen. And the next one was Bordello of Blood with Mr. <laughs> Miller. And there's vampires. <laughs> I like Demon Knight. Don't get me wrong. I like Demon Knight. I like any movie that showcases Billy Zane, um, <laughs> my friend Billy Zane. But like, that is not a sequel. That is not a sequel. Magic Mike XXL is not that good of a sequel. It's not that good. I still haven't seen XXL, but I thought the first one was great. I love the. But let me say this: I love the first one. I absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love Magic Mike. I think it's a great movie. Um, a goofy movie is not a sequel. No, it's not. <laughs> it is <laughs> not a sequel. Like, what are they talking about? How do, yeah, I have yeah. so many problems with it. Too, yeah, well, yeah. Then my other two egregious things are in the top 50, so I didn't realize it. Okay. But can I name some stuff that I liked was in the list, but I thought, yeah. you know, should have been different? I love that they mentioned Bride of Chucky. I love Bride of Chucky. Uh, for like a horror movie, it's actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got some really creative stuff in it. I think Jennifer Tilly was really a great ad. It has a young Catherine Heigl before she was Catherine Heigl mm-hmm. in it. And I really, I really like Bride of Chucky. It's actually my favorite Chucky movie. Oh. Um, it's just the right amount of camp and the right amount of like still kind of scary. I mean, a lot of that Chucky stuff's really still like the the cult of Chucky and some of the, those newer movies and the television show is supposed to be pretty good. They also named my favorite Final Destination film, which is Final Destination 2. I love oh. Final Destination. My sister and I are obsessed with Final Destination. And we actually are trying to write our own Final Destination movie for fun. Amazing. So like we love, like we love Final Destination. I love that idea. And Final Destination 2 is the best one. Like by far, hmm. it is so good. And it's so hardcore. And it's, hmm. I remember watching the film in college and like, they literally like had like one of the pipsqueaks come and like, well, this movie's really violent. And like, if you're underage, you really shouldn't watch it. I agree with them. Because that, that movie is pretty hardcore. I appreciated that they drew attention to Final Destination 2. Um, mm-hmm. What I don't appreciate is they had Tokyo Drift. That is yeah. the Fast sequel that they want to talk about. No, Fast Five is the best one. Fast Five is by far the best sequel. It is amazing. The whole sequence in Brazil with the cars and the safe is one of the best sequences mm-hmm. I've ever seen filmed. Like, it is awesome. It's by far one of like the most crowd pleasing. Like Fast Five is amazing, and they're dead wrong about if you're gonna bring in fast movies, you have to say it's Fast Five. It's no right. question. And then the other one that I thought was egregious was like they had the Raid Two so low on the list. I think it was in the eighties. Hmm. The Raid Two is awesome. Like if you, I mean, obviously, like I think the Raid is probably my top five action movie of all time, oh. and the Raid Two does not disappoint, especially the fight scene in prison in this prison yard. It is ridiculous. I never like, saw those movies. Oh my gosh. The raid is so good. I, I just don't know where they came up with these numbers. I don't either. So my problems with the bottom 50. 
How in the world is Temple of Doom not in the top 50? How is it not top 25? Don't get me started. So they have it in the bottom 50. Bottom 52 of it. It's ridiculous. Okay, yeah. Same goes for Kill Bill 2. It's not a sequel. It's not a sequel. That's fair. That's fair. And I meant to put that on my list because that's not a sequel. Because it's he wanted it to be one big film and he yeah. separated he got talked into separating into two films. Mm-hmm. It's not a sequel. Like it came out like what four months after Kill or maybe <laughs> I don't even remember, months. but it was pretty quick. Yeah. So, if it's not yeah. technically a sequel, then sure. But if if it can be if you know, I would put it on the list as an asterisk just because yeah, you know, but, but yeah, still when you just because it's know, a good movie. Because you and then when they've released the whole bloody affair, it's not a sequel. Like mm-hmm. it's not, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's not not a sequel the way the Goofy movie is. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I mean, that's fair. Also, like, maybe Top Gun Maverick. I don't want to do, like, recency bias. I always have, like, a tendency to put something lower and let time tell me what it, where it really belongs. But that movie's so good that I don't know that it should be in the top 50 if they're going to bother ranking it. Also, if... Paddington 2. Isn't yes. that movie, like, one of the highest rated movies of all time? Yeah. How yeah. the hell it, is it 72 on this list? Yeah, and it's one of the highest rated films of all time. Because they don't, because they're big Liz Hurley fans and they just won't respect Hugh Grant and his brilliance. <laughs> I don't, I truly do not understand how they put this list together. It can't be for money because then they got their number one, which we'll get to wrong. It's clearly not yeah. be, uh, quality. So I don't know what it is. Trey, what were your what was what your beef? Sounds like we're doing Jay Leno's bid on late night with David Letterman. What's your beef? But <laughs> what's your beef with the bottom 52? So with bottom 52, and I so for context, I kind of ran out of time. So I only had enough time to go with first impressions, literally the last thing I did just before we started. So it's yeah, just you know, first impressions. So kind of in order of, of where they went with their list. I was surprised the Avengers was seen as a sequel. Yeah. Uh, me too. Um, yeah. Me too. Because it's really the first of the first Avengers of franchise the Avengers. as opposed to a right. sequel of the other stuff. And not but even the gonna, best sequel. Yeah. But <laughs> even if, if you're going to count it as a sequel, it seemed a little low mm-hmm. with whatever yeah. number it was. Best Man Holiday was not that good. <laughs> best Man Holiday was not a good movie. Like, I, I don't know what movies, what other movies other than what we're naming didn't make the top 102. So I'm not sure if Best Man Holiday would fall out completely. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it not being in top 102. <laughs> That's yeah. one of those movies where I was like, I'm glad they made it, but I'm like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Like Jason, I had to chuckle at uh, Snoopy Come Home. Jason gave me holding up for I, Christmas. I, I, knew, I, knew, I, knew, I knew you two would love that. And I'm like, I don't even know yeah. I've seen that one. It's not a sequel, but I mean, I'm just glad that it got some love. What happened? To, I mean, it, what about Great Pumpkin? Like, why well, let's throw that one in there. Yeah, like, what or, I don't remember what order those came in. But either Great Pumpkin or Charlie Brown Christmas, which everyone came second, would obviously be the more, if you're going to count these as sequels. Right, right. They would be the bigger. Which they shouldn't be. And they're also like, (laughs) were they they ever released in movie theaters? I don't even know that they were. I think they were all just TV specials. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but still. I, I still like Snoopy being there. Yeah. And we, you already touched, you all already touched on Casino Royale. I mean, it, when a new actor is playing I Bond, that is a new franchise. franchise. Yeah. That is a new franchise. And they're, and they're also, they're fundamentally wrong. So there's the other thing. I'll get into that. I'll get into that. Royale, but, but anyway, 
<laughs> and unlike you guys, I thought Temple of Doom was low. Yeah. Uh, should have been way, way higher. Yes. I, I, it's hard for me to, since I had to go through quickly, I'm not sure exactly where I'd put it, but it would definitely go higher than wherever the hell they had it. We should put one together. Um, we can't right now, obviously. Oh, best sequels? We need to do our own best sequels. Oh, but I, have, I thought mm-hmm. you wanted our top, I have my top 10. I yeah, we yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, oh, oh, okay. We'll do it. I, I don't have saying. a complete top 10, but I, have I don't either. I but uh, oh, I, it's okay. I, that's what I took time doing. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about worst offenses in the top 50, of which there are very many. Somehow there are a hundred worst offenses of the top 50. Um, <laughs> how in the world is Ocean's 12 on the list, much less above the Dark Knight and Temple of Doom, which it is? listed higher yeah and much higher <laughs> is it is it because it's like the sequel that like you know it's like well it kind of like subverts everything that happened in the first one and they screw up the entire time and they really don't really like like you know it's not like they really beat lamarck it's like it's because right, but it's you, just or the no, movie, no the night fox the movie's fine yeah. it's not better than temple of doom and the dark fucking night no <laughs> like so, it's not no. something anyone when it came out it's not like anyone was like oh this should get oscar buzz but the dark knight did what, so what, like, oscar? what are you talking about and it won for for best supporting actor so like what the hell are you talking about yeah. oceans 12 like if oceans 12 should be on the list it should be like 101 or something. Well, like and like I, honestly, I think it's because this idea of like how it subverted like the first movie and how it's so much more of like a European style film and like, the, you know, sure. like the things he did. Is like, it better I, than so Dark it, Knight and Temple of no, Doom? No, but I'm saying to read. No, I'm no. I am going, I understand their logic is it's more of like the cinema talk, you know, it's like, Ah. it's more of the person in blockbuster talking about why it's a better film. (laughs) And and, and they'll talk about why it's a great, because you know what? I mean, if we're talking about movies, like, I mean, I didn't put it on my list, but Gremlins 2 is not on this list. Like if you're going to talk about subverting the original. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. it's not on the list it's, it's not you know it's like if you're going to talk ah. about something that's amazing subverts the first one every way possible i mean how do you not include gremlins too i mean it's like they're movie hipsters who are like half trying oh that's <laughs> that's infuriating so yeah. so there's that and when magic mike xxl was mentioned this one actually kind of pissed me off and i haven't even seen the movie but i know that people did not talk about that one like they did the first one. Yeah. So how in the absolute fuck is it 16th <laughs> on this list? How is it 16th on this list? Above movies that were way bigger box office wise and had a much bigger impact on the industry. How is it top 50, much less top 20? You don't get Matthew McConaughey in the sequel. You don't get the kid <laughs> in the sequel. list. I mean, in my, I don't, you know, it's just, I don't know. It was I've a been... sequel that was made because the first one was successful. And that doesn't right. mean I haven't seen it. So I don't know how good of a movie it is or isn't. It's not terrible. It's, let me say, it's not terrible. Jada Pinkett's pretty good in it. Um, you know, like there's some good stuff. I mean, Andy McDowell's in it. She's really good. Like, yeah, it's not, not a it's ba- bad, it's not but... a bad movie. It's not, but... it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm saying like, if you, you could put it in the top 100, like in the 80s. But right, like, I would never sure. put it as fifteen. I, I mean, don't if you're just looking it. at, if you're just looking at impact. All right, anyway, you know what movie they think is just a smidge better? 
than Magic Mike XXL? Oh, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Empire fucking strikes back. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. 15th on the list. Hey, you know what, oh, Vulture? That movie's arguably number one on this list, you dumbasses. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When it comes to movie popcorn movie sequels, this is arguably the thriller, which Rob recently reminded me that thriller came out 40 years ago this year. We're going to have to do a podcast about it. <laughs> we are going to have to talk about that yeah. later at a later date. But anyway, Empire Strikes Back 15, you're out of your oh, mind. You know what movie so you mean? Is... You mean Thriller the Album, by the way. Not yes, Thriller, thriller the Album, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and here, right. here's a movie that they think is better than Empire Strikes Back. A movie that they think is is so iconic that everyone says some lines from it. Let me, let me say a line from it. Oink. Oh no! Yes, Babe pig in the city. Let me the, one of the worst. Did George Miller make this list? I why know, did, right? You know, it's like I, why did he, you know why is the road like, warrior not on I, here? Because, I love. I know. I you know, look. There's so many things wrong with it. Yeah, so, but I'm just. Babe pig in the city was top ten. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it ten? It was. Yeah, it was number ten. It was yeah. number, it was number 10. ten. And I mean, Godfather two. When I saw that this list existed, I I immediately went. Well, surely that's number one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> surely. That's what I said. That's number one. Well, nope. It's nope. number two. Number two to Mad Max Fury Road. Now, Mad Max Fury Road, arguably top 10. Not going to front on that. But it's not you number one. Can't. It's not number one greatest not. sequel of all time. They were on something when they put this list An together. Unintelligent well, they didn't put booty. Any they did not put any intellectual thought into it. No, it's it's because they put too much intellectual thought into it, and they were trying to be too subversive. I agree, one hundred percent. Pseudo intellectual thought. Yeah, that's what exactly. they do. Pseudo intellectual thought. What they think intellectuals. Also, think. I don't know if you guys noticed this has like twenty authors. So okay, I would love I the just, men in the writers' room as they argue like, over this. Say what? Oh my god! Yeah, that yeah. happens when TV line does some stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think oh, yeah. I think it's inevitable when you got this many cooks in the kitchen that yeah, you're trying to balance mess. one person's sensibilities with another's. Yeah, that's why but you got to use a little facts. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you can't just go by opinion. You yeah. gotta say, you gotta observe. How did this do at the box office? How I did think the if it's a singular look at this, what is the impact of this culturally? Yeah, I think if it's a singular person putting the list together. It's totally fine for that person to just go with opinion. That's yeah. exactly like, what they should. You know, like. if it's like here are but, my favorites, essentially. Yeah, but yeah. but you should call it favorites as opposed to best yeah. if you do it that way. Oh, right. I, oh, I know one more that I think is pretty ridiculous. Mm -hmm. How many people talk about Blade Two? I know. <laughs> like <laughs> I I did not like that movie that much. I mean, it was okay, but I mean. It was you know, a very big movie, culturally significant movie. So culture significant. Please tell me who was the bad guy in Blade Two. So I haven't seen any of the Blade movies, but I have read enough stuff and seen enough people who break down comic book movies that they do pump up Blade Two. Like that mm -hmm. group pumps up Blade Two quite I, a bit. I, I don't know about number. It's not number seven. It's not. It's <laughs> even nowhere though, I, near. Even though I haven't watched it. I can tell you it's not number seven. It's Blade. It is nowhere <laughs> near as good as Blade. Uh, the, there is no, the fight at the end is terrible. 
Like it is nowhere good <laughs> as good as Blade. It is uh. like you do not have Deacon Frost. I don't remember the bad guy's name. He has a cool mouth because it opens up different. But like it's not as good as Blade. Like so then to call it the seventh best sequel is yeah. just insanity to me. They're out of their minds. Uh Trey, yeah. what did you think of this top 50? So top 50, I have a few notes just because of how I went through this. But you touched on one of them. The Dark Knight at number 42. I even wrote, come on now. <laughs> that's they, that's this arguably list, top five. Yeah, yes. I mean, for, that, what makes Blade's presence at number seven that much stranger is that they do, in general, seem to downplay the superhero franchises. Because you look at Dark Knight as 42 and Batman Returns was just ahead of it at 41. I think Batman yeah. Returns was better than 41. I don't mm-hmm. know where I put it, but it was better than 41. Yeah. Yeah. Terminator and 2. Superman was 2 better. was on the. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Superman yeah, 2 right. was at the bottom 50, though. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think if the, if Donner's version of Superman 2. I think had they been said released, it was Donner's cut. I think no, this was Lester's it. cut that they were talking about. Oh, I thought it said Donner's cut. My bad. No, it was Lester's that they were talking about. But I think if Donner had released his version where he got to finish everything, I think mm-hmm. that would be a legit, like, top. 25 ish or something like that but yeah i i I understand lester's version being in there but um you know t2 terminator 2 felt low um i was happy that aliens was where was at least recognized Uh, Mm -hmm. i forget exactly where it was since we've all talked about movies that are missing and i just talked about you know like the superhero franchise is not getting their due one, uh, so we already talked about Temple of Doom being too low, but how about The Last Crusade? Okay. No, right? Th- th- that was going to be my, that was going to be on my top 10 rant, but like, it, I will go now. Because how, how, how was Last Crusade? <laughs> Last Crusade on is one of the greatest sequels of all time. It has one of the best, two of the best casting moves ever with having River Phoenix as young Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and having Sean Connery as Henry Jones Sr. Incredible. It is unbelievable. I love it more than I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. I've talked about this before. I think it's because I saw it in the theater, but nonetheless, like I, I just, uh, uh, I love Temple of Doom. I, lo- I grew up with it, but it is nowhere even close. Steven Spielberg would tell you any day of the week that Last Crusade was the best one. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it was way better than Temple of Doom. Like he would yeah. absolutely say. No, he literally best. would. <laughs> like he literally even, would tell you that. I think there's a section a in the Fablemans where he's like, "I'm sorry for Temple of Doom. I was going through a divorce." So you know. Yeah, and like you know. the extras of the DVD, he does say he thinks maybe it was too dark and stuff. Like he yeah. he, he laments a little bit about Temple of Doom, which I think is a great movie. But I yeah. love Temple yeah. of Doom. I, I love yeah. Temple, and I was fine actually, on the list. But yeah, it could be a little bit higher, but like I would probably like top 30. But like, Mm -hmm. no, like what Last Crusade is one of the greatest sequels of all time. It's a benchmark in sequels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry. Some uh, that's all right. No, that's good. It's good stuff. Uh, Some others I thought were missing. We have already mentioned. I'm glad Justina said Wrath of Khan because I was going so fast that I forgot about it. Yeah. But, But Wrath of Khan, yes. And it made me think of the Undiscovered Country which is a missing one. I don't know where yeah. I'd rank it, but it's in there. Um, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And one that I know Rob will probably agree with because we yeah. talked about it in previous pop talks is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. It, it, was, actually it, just, it was on I, my, it was I on my. I didn't mention it because I knew was, you guys. It was, a, it was a bubble for me. Um, 
uh, for my list and ultimately it didn't make it, but it was very close. I, for your it was top hard. 10 list? Or your yeah, top yeah. List? No. my top 10 list. Yeah, like okay. it was a bubble. Like it was really a bubble for me. Mm-hmm. Now I have another one that's missing, but I'll save it for uh, yeah. my top 10 list. Okay. I feel more and more like we do need to make our own I think we do. List. I think we do. I think we'll we do. get a we'll get a Google sheet together and uh, <laughs> actually, stuff out there. <laughs> and we're oh. not going to put in these artsy films that no one's ever seen or foreign films. No one's ever seen. I'm sorry. It's just like, olive trees or whatever, <laughs> whatever. Or like, you know, there's just some films. I'm like, yes, I've heard of this movie, but no. somebody on the staff who's just trying to look impressive. The girl on the staff. Was the, oh, that I out went there. to NYU film school. And so this yeah. is what we all liked. Like, oh. Okay. Top tens. What would be in your top 10? I didn't do an expansive list, but I would definitely make Godfather 2 and Empire Strikes Back 1 and 2 because those are the two greatest of all time. And also in my top 10 is definitely Dark Knight Endgame would be high Mm -hmm. for me. I don't know if it'd be my top 10, but I would would have it on my list of consideration just because it was such a special moment in the theater. And every time I've watched it, it's felt as special. So I just feel like that's some sort of dawning moment in film history. And also, I'd have to add Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. Hell yeah. Not to the top to- 10, but at least oh. to the list. <laughs> I just wanted to mention it because it's like, is it a great movie? No. But is it culturally relevant? Yeah. People love making references to how Electric about, Boogaloo. How about Troll 2? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Troll 2 is another sequel yeah. that oh is very culturally God. relevant. These would be at the bottom of the list, but it's like you got to have the fun stuff yeah. that people talk about and have made culturally relevant. They're too much in the zeitgeist to ignore them. So by that measure, then a Home Alone 2 would make the list somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, again, the bottom. And maybe some stuff would get just ah, right off, right outside of 102 into an honorable I, category. Speaking of Home Alone 2, I just have to say this, this is a little slide read. But I'm obsessed with, I'm still obsessed with, there was the talk boy that was in Home Alone 2. And they had this advertisement that you could buy a talk boy. And it was like this kid would go, hi, kids, I'm holding early. And it slows down and it sounds like the parents and like his sister's babysitting. And it's like, hi, kids, I'm home early. <laughs> and I say that all the time. I'm always <laughs> like, hi, kids, I'm home early. And it's such a stupid deep reference that no one will ever get and i have to say it on the podcast (laughs) okay can i just say that um there's some comments on the article and yeah why don't you share some oh oh, share share your thoughts on it no well my thoughts are like we're right everybody's pissed (laughs) 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 it's just direct to back in the house oh my gosh oh that's a a potential top 10 sequel yeah i know Oh my gosh! These people. These. I'm telling you, there's some people who should be fired (laughs) or get off this beat. Who put this list together? They should be downright ashamed of themselves for not putting. They have damn Tokyo Drift in there, but they don't have Sister Act Act two. Did they write this in an afternoon? I think they were just trying to get the list done, and they were like, "What can? What do you remember (laughs) off the top of your head?" Uh, yeah. Uh, so Justina inspired me to look at the comments, and somebody mentioned Christmas Vacation. Oh, oh my shit. god! Oh my like, god! Dad, like, like, a vulture staff. You, you know dropped what? the ball. Also, uh, okay, sidebar. But the Vikings played in, in in London today, and they showed Big Ben, and the the announcer without even missing a beat, it's like, "Hey, look, kids, Big Ben." 
It's like <laughs> there's some funny <laughs> yeah. stuff in European vacation too, yeah. guys. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, let me just read this one um, comment and then and then let's carry on with the top tens. I don't have one, but I want to hear everybody's. Love this list. It's the George Miller of lists intended to drive you mad and enjoy the experience. <laughs> like that great quote from the Buddha: "Anger, a poisoned arrow with a honeyed tip." <laughs> Like, yeah, we're having a good time. It is a great list in that great regard. list. Great so, list. Yeah. Trey, yeah. your top 10. So you you made me think of a couple other that are missing that, that are not in my top 10. So you mentioned Endgame. Infinity War should also be somewhere on the list. A lot of people even like Infinity War more than they like more Endgame. Endgame. Yeah, most of Because it's yeah. kind of the Empire the Strikes Backs of, the, yeah. of mm-hmm. those movies. Mm-hmm. So top 10. This isn't in order. These are just movies that I would group into the top 10. The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. of course, Godfather 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, if I were to That's really. That's actually a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. If I were to really yeah. analyze, I don't know if it would stay in my top 10, but I like Bride of Frankenstein in there. I like Aliens in there. Uh, we already talked about Wrath of Khan. You have been and always <laughs> shall be my friend. He was more uh, human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Last Crusade would be in my top 10. Mm-hmm. They have Creed in here, which technically to me, I think would be a different franchise. It's a reboot. Yeah, it's agreed. A reboot. But you know what I think was better than Creed? Rocky II. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, I, I think like, come on. About those. You know what yeah. I think is better than Rocky II? Rocky IV. Because he you defeats think communism. better than Rocky II? Jaws too. <laughs> I didn't put, I, I honestly no, no, thought about putting it on my list just to mess with you, but like, no. It's better than you think. Um, <laughs> hashtag and, he's wrong about Jaws too. And so I, the last of my top ten that I named, I think I only have nine of my top ten. But the last one I named is more because you all will appreciate my fandom for it. Mm-hmm. Bum bum Yeah. Oh yeah. Back to the Future Which Two one? should be on the list. Is it so, two Back or to the three? Future Two is on the list, but but three is in the top. Oh, right, 10. right, right, right. I th- right. yeah, I knew you like three more than two. Yeah, I like all three of them. Yeah. But as far as you which sequel's better, well, yeah, I do love all three of them. <laughs> but as far as which sequel's better, part three is better than part two. Part three is the one that, again, if I were to analyze it, maybe part three would fall out of my top 10. But for now, kind of as a first blush, part three could be a top 10 because of how well they wrapped up the franchise. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, all right, Rob. Okay. <clears throat> I'm excited for this. No, I mean, it's it's kind of ones you should expect for me. Yes, and then I, you know, I I debated. I took one out because I was like that being too cute. Because I had to put one that it's just too impossible not to have it on the list. But because I wanted, here's my honorable mentions: is is uh, Winter Soldier, because I love that movie so much and it's so good, and Beverly Hills Cop too. Oh um, yes, I've talked about it before. Yes, I mean you guys know I love Beverly Hills Cop too. I actually like Beverly Hills Cop two more than I like Beverly Hills Cop. That's just, but again, yeah, I've talked about people. it. It's because of when I watched it on television, blah 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 blah. I've talked about it in other uh, podcasts. It's the more exciting one. It is. It's a Tony Scott one. Mm-hmm. And so speaking of Maverick, but um, but yeah, so I, I it was almost made my top ten list, but I I took it out because I had to put a legacy back in. But mine are top ten. Number ten is Toy Story three. Um, no movie will make me cry harder than that scene with Andy and <laughs> yeah, Skyfall. Because here's how I think yeah, yeah, Daniel yeah. Craig has his own series. It starts with Casino Royale. Yeah. And Skyfall is a direct sequel of Casino Royale. And Skyfall is by far the best Bond movie 
fight me on this, bro, because it is <laughs> beautifully shot by Roger Deakins. It is mm-hmm. wonderfully de- directed. It has some of the greatest sequence. It has like Silva is one of the best bad guys they've ever had in a Bond film. Judy Dench is amazing in it. She deserved an Oscar nomination for that film. It is so good. And the fact that Roger Deakins did not win the Oscar for that movie and won it for Blade, you know, or for a Blade Runner 2049, which is a good movie. And I really like it, but I really think he deserved when when he's on that boat going to Macau. It is gorgeous stuff. Like as someone who loves, you know, seeing stuff like that in films, it's just Skyfall is amazing. And they don't even have it on the list. And also the song Skyfall is Mm -hmm. so good. Like how do you not have it in your (laughs) within the sky? (laughs) Okay. um, Last Crusade is, is number eight. Um, So here's my other one. And I talked about this before. I think it's so hard to make a comedy sequel. I think it's hard to make a comedy sequel that's better than the first one. I think it's hard to make a comedy sequel that's better than the first one and more culturally relevant and a bigger box office hit. And that was The Spy Who Shagged Me. It is a way, it is an amazing sequel. It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. When I think about just pure sequels, it is amazing sequel. And it's so funny. And that's and not their one, their, their 102, 102. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Like, how is that not on the list? That is one of the best sequels ever made. It was a huge hit. It introduces fat bastard. It like introduces mini me. Like, it's so funny. And like, I just, I, I don't know how you like, it's one of like the first sequel that really stepped it up on that. Cause you, a lot of times you make a comedy sequel. They're not as funny. There's just not as funny as the first one. Ghostbusters mm-hmm. 2, Hangover 2, you know, yeah. go on and on. Like, it just they just aren't as funny. And like that movie, I think, is funnier than the first one. So Empire, I'm putting Empire at, at six just because I had to get, that was where I was going to put Beverly Hills Cop. And I was like, I can't do that. I got to take Beverly Hills out and put in Empire. It makes more sense. And then I have The Dark Knight. I do have Fury Road. I, I think Fury Road is one of the greatest sequels I've ever seen. It's one of the best it is, film yeah, experience. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, number two is T2. And then because I love James Cameron so much, the number two, oh, yeah. which could 34. arguably be said is the greatest sequel of all time, is Aliens. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just by far one of my top five favorite films of all time. Aliens is ridiculously awesome. So, I mean, any respect towards that film. And then number one, obviously, is Godfather 2. It's like, uh-huh. no, no shit. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, no debating it. Like, it's the best sequel ever made. Like, so. You know what else they yeah. woofed on? Die Hard 3. Oh, oh you're right. God. They just uh, left and right. And you could argue that X2 should be on the list. X2. Yeah. That's um, a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Or Days of Future Past. Yeah, I would. That, that, anyway. I'd rather put first class. Maybe they didn't put it on because of the controversy. Oh, singer. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I know a lot of people in the comments would complain if you put somebody. But if you're doing a list about the movies, then you have to make the list based on the movies and not based mm-hmm. on the yeah. outside of the movie. Yeah. Right. But anyway, you whiffed it. You whiffed it big vultures. <laughs> you, you should be ashamed of yourself and you should, you should just, go to timeout and think uh, about what you did, especially leaving off Sister Act 2. Sister Act 2 is, and then, yeah, and, and Christmas Vacation. And and Last Crusade. Like, I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. what were you guys on when you did this list? I mean, yeah. if you just wanted to say, like, they should have just said 102 
of the best of all time and not ranked it. Yeah. Don't but even it. if you do it that way, when you have 102 of them listed and you still don't mention these that uh-huh. we've talked about, it would still be, oh, like, yeah, I don't yeah. think it would save them anything to take that approach. There's just too many on the list that really weren't sequels. Here's one thing, I, I do want to circle back to Maverick because it is something I, I considered actually putting it in my like top 20. But when like Mike and Jay both agree on it on Red Letter Media that it was a great film and they loved it, then you know that it's actually pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when they can be so cynical about big budget sequels. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, this was a great chat. Good time talking. We do really need to put that list together, especially since I keep referencing it. But we'll have a pop talk coming up soon. I guess around when Thriller is coming out, but also... 1999 came out 40 years ago this year as well. So maybe we could talk about both in an episode. Also, we're going to be doing a Lincoln Douglas style debate about Ghostbusters versus the Halloween theme. And uh, (laughs) the Far Brothers are going to find out why I was speeching debate captain in Hillcrest High School. So, yeah. Shout out. No, I just want to say, like, we had a town parade and there was a. the speech and debate club had a car and I was like, NFL, because I was in the National Forensic League. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Distinguished honors on that one. <laughs> well, there it is. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, y'all. Pop, pop. Yeah. Pop, pop. <laughs> yeah, been waiting all day for Sunday night and now it's gone. <laughs> I told you it was a fun chat and I have already started prepping our very own movie sequels ranking. We're going to do it right. So take that, Vulture. We've got you dead to rights. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod and subscribe to our YouTube channel at There It Is and follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes and Instagram at Jason Farr Picks and TikTok at Jason Farr Talks. Don't forget to go to jasonfarrisawesome.com. Also subscribe to our Comedy Lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal. Go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 